You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We are in our second week of our series, Hashtag Goals. And the premise of this series is, is simply this. There, there are four goals that, that we're identifying in this series. Four goals that, that I believe are, are crucial, critical to your and my development in life and, and as we progress through life. And so last week, the first goal was um, to be Christ-centered. If you weren't here, it's on our YouTube page. It's, it's on our podcast. And so you can go back uh, there and, and check it out. This week, I want to bring to you the second goal that I think is very uh, important to, to not just you, but to, to myself. And so we're going to spend our time together in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Verse 21 through 23, and it says this, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Verse 22, Peter took him aside, just picture this, okay, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke Jesus. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have it. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This morning, our second goal is this, mission-driven Mission-driven. Week one, we got to be Christ-centered. Week two, we got to learn to be mission-driven. I'm going to pray one more time, and then we're going to jump in. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for today, for what you've already have done in this room through our worship and our prayers. God, I pray that with the next moments that we have together, that you would speak to our lives and to our hearts. Jesus, you were very clear that the word, the message... Uh, that, that how, how it produces fruit depends on how our heart is. And so right now, God, we know we've had a rough week. We may have even had a rough morning. But we ask that you would just prepare our hearts to receive uh, what you want to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here ministering to our needs. We want to leave here different, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is it me or friends that are on diets are just kind of annoying? <laughs> right? Like, like friends that are on diets, they just, it just kind of irritates me. It's like, it's like, come on, you live once, right? Like, just chill. Um, what's even worse is, is when you plan on going out to eat with friends and uh, they don't tell you that they're on a diet until like they order their food and they always go first. You know, like that farmer's market cob salad, but I don't want lettuce, I want kale, right? And hold the croutons, right? Because carbs, ugh. It's the worst. It's the worst because then when you're about to order, you're like, oh, I don't want to be that person that gets a slice of pizza or a cheeseburger 
Like, I'll take a kale salad too, right? Like, the struggle is real. And so here's why I'm telling you this. This past week, I got to hang out with a couple of my, my dearest uh, pastor friends who I love so much. And, and we were planning, we, we didn't want to meet together during our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we're like, hey, let's wait until we meet out, and, until we're done, and then we'll all, we'll all get together, and we'll just eat a whole bunch. That was the plan, okay? And so I get there. We, we go to, like, this, this, this breakfast spot that, uh, that it's kind of like a fancy breakfast spot. Have you guys ever been to, like, a fancy breakfast spot? Like, it's, like, a little bit of food. And so we went there, and uh, I, it wasn't my cup of tea. But we're there, and, and we're... Uh, we're, we're about to order, and, and right off the bat, my, my, my pastor friends are like, oh, we're doing a uh, keto thing. And now, if you don't know what keto thing is, I don't know what it is either. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I do. It's, it's like starving yourself, kind of. No, it's not that either, John. Chill. There's people here that are on keto. Chill, John. <laughs> so basically, it's just cutting out carbs and uh, sugar, carbs and sugar, right? And so... So they're like, hey, John, you know, we're, uh, we just want to let you know that we're not eating carbs and sugar. And so I'm like, oh, man, like, I wish you would have told me that before I came here because I wouldn't have came, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> judge me, whatever. It's cool. And, and so here they are. They're, they're, they're ordering, and they're like, oh, I'll get eggs and bacon. And would you, what type of toast would you like, sir? They're like, oh, no toast, Right. We don't eat toast. <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then, so that's one pastor friend who uh, will rena- uh, remain nameless, Chadwick. And uh, so, <laughs> woo. And, uh, and then my other pastor friend, he's like, yeah, I'm doing keto too. And, and uh, so, uh, so I'll just take eggs and bacon. And it doesn't matter what his name is, Nick. And, uh, <laughs> And, uh, and, and so, so, uh, so th- then it's my turn, right? And I'm like, ah, yeah, so I'll have eggs and bacon. Would you like to eat toast, sir? No, I don't eat toast. <laughs> right? And I'm like ups- upset, right? Because I'm there for the carbs, for the carbs. And so they bring out the food. They bring out the food. Or, or excuse me, before they bring out the food, they bring out these scones, like, they have, like, these, these amazing-looking scones. And I'm like, oh, the heck with this. And I just start eating the, eating the scones. I don't care. I'm not on keto. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and so, like, I'm just, I'm like, are you going to eat yours? No, of course not. And I'm eating, like, I'm eating their scones, right? And I'm just, like, sconed out right now. I'm just sconed. Get it? <laughs> just kidding. Sonoma County. I'll be here all night. <laughs> Um, focus, John. So, 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 uh, so, so I'm eating their scones, right? Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. And uh, I'm looking at my buddy over here, and he's looking at the scone that I just ate, I just took from his plate, and there's crumbs, right? And he, he just, like, <laughs> dampened his finger <laughs> to get some crumbs. He's like, I just need the taste. I just <laughs> I, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Like, what are you doing? I was like, why don't you just eat the scone? He's like, nope, nope, I'm trying to lose weight, trying to lose weight. The other one, I was like, my other friend, I was like, why don't you eat the scone? I'm just trying to lose weight. I'm just trying to lose weight. 
And it's amazing, besides the little finger-dampening incident, like they didn't eat their, they didn't eat their toast, they didn't eat their scone, they didn't even eat their potatoes. I took care of it, don't worry. We, <laughs> wasting food is not this Christian does, right? Like, because there are people in faraway countries. And so, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, uh, so, 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 so they, they, they're not eating it. They're, they're just being amazing, okay? And here's why I'm telling you this, not just to make you hungry. But I was looking, I, I was watching them, and I was amazed at how they have an end goal to lose weight. And that in order for them to reach that purpose and that goal, they set into practices, they set into place a plan on being able to reach their goal. Right? So they weren't just like, oh, I'm going to lose weight. Eat, eat, eat. Right? They were like, I'm going to lose weight, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to put into place things that I know don't align with what I'm trying to reach. And so here's why I'm telling you that, because really the story that we read in Matthew chapter 16, this is, this is basically what is taking place. This idea that Jesus has a purpose and he's put into place practices in order for him to reach his purpose. Now, before we go any further in the story, I do want to let you know this. If you've been here for any stretch of time, we believe that you were created for a purpose. One person. We, we, we believe that you were created for a purpose. It doesn't matter if you know Jesus, you have a relationship with Jesus, or you don't have a relationship with Jesus. We believe that when he created you, when God created you, he placed inside of you gifts and talents in order for you to fulfill the purpose, your God-given purpose. Okay? And so... So we have a purpose, and just like how we have a purpose, Jesus had a purpose too. In fact, in, in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21, uh, Jesus actually shares his whole purpose of why he's here on earth. And so in verse 21, Jesus, he, he begins to tell his disciples, hey guys, I'm about to, like my, my, I'm about to fulfill my purpose, I'm about, to I'm about to step into the purpose in which uh, my, my God-given purpose. And the disciples, I'd imagine that they're leaning in, waiting and listening to, to hear what this purpose was. And Jesus, in verse 21, he's like, I'm about to die and on the third day rise again. And that was his purpose. Like his whole purpose, like he, he, he came to like teach and to train the disciples, but his number one purpose was to die on the cross for you and for me. And so here he is, verse 21, he's letting them know what his purpose was all about. And in this moment, when Jesus expresses his purpose, he's hit with a little bit of opposition. When Jesus is like, hey guys, this is my God-given purpose, all of a sudden he's, he's introduced to, to a problem. He's introduced to a person by the name of Peter. And in verse 22, check this out, we'll read it again. It said that Peter took him aside 
and begin to rebuke Jesus. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. So let's just paint this picture a little better. Here's Jesus. He's like, guys, I, I, I'm about to feel, fulfill my purpose, my God-given purpose. I'm about to fulfill my God-given purpose. I'm about to die, but don't you worry. I'm going to come back from the dead. I'm going I'm to rise again on the third day. You'd have to imagine that the people around him are like, In fact, Peter, he, he, he actually pulls Jesus to the side. He's like, can I have a word with you, Jesus? Um, Jesus, do you, do you really think this is a wise choice you're making? I, I feel like we got something going on here. Like, we have something good going. Like, people come when you, Jesus, when, when, when you, you preach, like, this is my Jesus. Like, Jesus, like, when you come, like, like, when you preach, like, people come and they surround us and, and they're here and they want to listen. Are you sure? Jesus, this kind of doesn't seem like the right thing to do in this moment. And Jesus, he's expressing this idea that he has a purpose and he's hit with opposition. And here, here's, here's what I want us to, to uncover and understand. Is that just because we have a God-given purpose doesn't mean that this God-given purpose comes without any distraction. Just because you have a God-given purpose does not mean that opposition won't, won't, won't come at you. Just because you have a God-given purpose doesn't mean, doesn't, doesn't remove all, all, all barriers in front of you. And if we, if we don't understand that, and if, and if we believe that, that, that my God-given purpose parts the seas for everything so I can just go straight forward, the minute we hit opposition, the minute we, we, we come up with the distraction, is the minute our purpose kind of poof. Right? Because here's the deal. Your purpose, until you put action to it, is just an idea. Your purpose, until you actually put, until I actually put action to it, it's just directions. I could order something from Ikea, and I could look at the directions all I want. It doesn't build it until I actually do it. And so our purpose in itself, though it's a great idea, and though I want you to understand that you have a purpose and that I have a purpose, I, I need us to, to just rally around the idea that purpose in itself is not enough. That we actually have to be mission-driven. We actually have to put, we actually have to put into place Actions and put into place barriers and push in, put into place boundaries that help us stay focused on the purpose that God has for us. And until we do that, until we become mission driven, until we become mission driven, our purpose will just be a thought. Our purpose will be something that we just come here on a Sunday morning and hear the preacher say you got a purpose and be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Kind of like that idea. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Kind of like that idea. And so I need us to rally around this idea that we don't just have a purpose, 
but we're mission-driven. And here's the amazing part is that Jesus, I think, and I'm about to show you in, in, in the text that we read, that Jesus, he didn't just have a purpose, but he too was mission-driven. Jesus was mission-driven. And so here's Jesus. Remember, his purpose, his whole purpose was to die on the cross to, and, and to be resurrected. But we have like this little glimpse and uh, the gospel of Jesus. He's at the Mount of Olives and he's praying to God. And he says this. He says, God, he says, Father, if there is any way that this cup of death can pass me by, I would really love for you to do that right now. God, I understand that I got a purpose. But if there is any way that you are like, ah, you don't have to do that. It was a test. Like, I would appreciate that right now, Jesus. But then he ends with this, this amazing statement. He says, but it's not my will. It's your will. So it's, it's not really what I want, God, but it's, it's what you want. Okay, and so I'm telling you this because we already know that, that Jesus stepping into his purpose was not like his, he, he wasn't super stoked about it, okay? He wasn't like, woo, I'm living my purpose, I'm about to die for people that hate me, right? Like, like that, that's not his, that wasn't his heart. And in the moment, and here's what I'm telling you, is in this moment, Peter, when he pulls Jesus aside and he's like, Jesus, don't ever do this. This is not what you're supposed to do. What I want you to see is that in that moment, Jesus could have been like, yeah, you're right. All right, Peter, I'm with you. That's not a good idea. Let's just continue doing what we're doing, reaching people. Let's just continue doing miracles, and we'll be good. See, but that wasn't Jesus' response. And this is why I think Jesus didn't just have a purpose, but he was, in fact, mission-driven. And so what I want us to do the last couple of moments together, I just want to give you two, two, two ideas, two mindsets that happen when we become mission-driven. When we become mission-driven. And so, so here's Jesus, verse 23. Watch Jesus' response to Peter. Jesus is, is, is uh, he's a little spunky. He said, Jesus turned to Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. So the first thing, when I am mission driven, when I am mission driven, I am confident in my God-given purpose. So the first one is confident. When I am mission driven, I am confident and God's given purpose. See, Jesus, he, he was so locked in. He was so locked into the heart of his purpose that he was so confident in what God had called him to do that he was willing to call out his best friend and be like, hey, that's, that's not it. That's not right. See, I, you, you and I, we got to become so confident in our God-given purpose that we are willing to remove people, relationships, situations that 
that, that have the ability to be our stumbling block. I got to be so confident in what God has for me. I need to be so confident in the purpose that God has for me that I'm willing to remove things from my life even if I like them there. Even if they make me feel happy. See, I actually think that this, so this conversation between Jesus and Peter, uh, I, I actually think that, the, that it's, it's, it's intentional that it's, that it's here, right? Because really it's, it's almost like, ah, why is that here? There's division. Ah. But, but I think that we can learn something from it. I think we can learn something from this idea. And, and he, here's one thing that, that I, I, I pulled out of this is that sometimes those closest to you are the most dangerous for you. That those closest to you are sometimes the most dangerous for you. And here's why. Because they care so much about you. So, so when we're pursuing our purpose, I, when I become mission-driven, I'm confident. I become more confident in God. And what, we, what Jesus is modeling is this idea that, that, he's, that he's removing Peter. He's calling out Peter. The one, a couple verses before this, the verse 23, a couple verses before that, he's like telling Peter, Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build this church. Like he's affirming Peter one time, and then he's over here, and he's like, hey, get behind me, Satan. Because sometimes those closest to us are the most dangerous for us because they care so much about us. And sometimes when you go to someone that, they, that loves you so much and you're like, hey, I, I think this is what God is calling me to do. When they care about you so much, sometimes all they can see is the hard path and not the end destination. And so I gotta be so confident in where God is taking me and is leading me that I'm willing to call out and to remove. This actually happened like this week as I'm preparing this message. Someone who's closest to me was like, hey, I, they, 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 she, it was out of love. She loved me because she cared. She cares for me. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, hey, I'm actually preaching about this. I'm like, are you Satan or God? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. True story. That was a true story. Um, and, uh, and I had to, I had to become so confident in what God has called me to do where I was able to say, hey, I love you, thank you, but you're wrong. Come on, sometimes, sometimes you just, you just got to stand firm and become confident in the word that God has spoken over your life. That no matter what, you're standing firm. 
And so when I'm mission-driven, I become confident. And here's the last one, and, and we're, we're done. When I am mission-driven, not only am I confident, but I'm focused. Not only am I confident, but I'm focused. Jesus was able to stand firm in his God-given purpose because he had the right perspective. See, Jesus, he was more concerned on his calling rather than his comfort. Jesus was more concerned, he was more focused in on what God had called him to do than the comfort he would have had to step out of. In fact, Jesus framed it this way. He said, Peter, why are you focusing more on the concerns of man than the concerns of God? Let me translate. He's like, Peter, why are you focused on the wrong thing? See, because as long as I'm focused on, uh, on human concerns, my calling only goes as far as my comfort. When I am concerned with human concerns, my calling only goes as far as my comfort. And my comfort is never as far as what God has for me. And so I need to become so focused, so locked in on what God has for me that even if it's not convenient, that's okay. It's, it's my calling. Even, even if I don't like it, it's my calling. I got to remain so focused, so locked in that no matter what people say, like I am, I don't care, I am focused. I love you, you can join me, you can leave me, but I'm focused. We got to be focused in on what God has for us. Focused, locked in, laser. See, purpose is not enough. I gotta become mission driven. Because when I'm mission driven, I'm putting into place practices that I need to get me from point A to point B. And when I become mission driven, I'm confident. And I am focused. This morning, as I gave you kind of homework last week, here's your homework this week. Just begin to, to ask God this week. God, what, what is my purpose? Maybe you're here and you already know what God has, has called you to do, what he's created you for. And if that's you, then, then now the next step would be, God, what are things that I can put into place? What are some steps that I can take? To, to walk into the purpose that you have for my life. God, what is it, what are the things that you want me to do? And then when that happens, we're walking in confidence and we're focused. for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.